welcome to Woody's Roundup. But it's a no. podcast. Do you think no. that Woody would have a podcast? Here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to put in that bit of us singing that Sarah McLaughlin song. Okay, that's really good. <laughs> As the years went by, she fell away. And I did when she loved me. And this is No Nerds Allowed. When she loved me. When she loved two white people talking about movies. <laughs> What are we going to talk about in our intro? <laughs> We've been doing this for a full year now. We've been doing this for a very long time. Um, I feel, by the way, I do feel like we should do something cool for when we hit an actual year. It's been a year chronologically. Okay, we'll just start that with the podcast. Okay. So, uh, technically, we recorded our first episode in like mid November of last year. Yeah. I don't think we actually like uploaded it and started this podcast in earnest until like four months from then, though. Because I think we wanted to have a little bit of a backlog so that we didn't have yeah. the pressure to record every week. And then that fell apart and now we record every week. <laughs> right. Hold on. I'm going to check our YouTube and see when I re- uploaded the first one. Well, it was also because well, we our... thought we were just only going to record it when we were in the same room. Also. And then we decided we weren't uh, going to do that. Weren't uh, going to do that. Uh... We weren't uh, going to do that. Uh... <laughs> oh, we've got two new subscribers on YouTube this wow, week. who are they? I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> Should we do subscriber shoutouts? Is that a good idea or a terrible idea? <laughs> no, it's a bad idea. I don't want to do that. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> So fuck um, you, whoever subscribed. <laughs> yeah, whoever subscribed to us, go fuck yourself. <laughs> if you subscribed between this episode and the last episode... We know who you I are. Couldn't, I couldn't give you. a shit. Yeah, no, buzz off. We don't want you here. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta be more, like, exclusive about who we let onto the channel. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this is the new rules. We should be like old school Facebook where we you have to like apply to follow our podcast. Or like Instagram now. What? That's not a thing. There's private accounts. Oh, that's not the same. I Is mean like not? on old school Facebook you had to literally you had to be invited by somebody who was already on it. It was like an exclusive club. Weird. How yeah. long, how long did that last? Um like a good year or so. It was a weird thing though. Where it got, like, really popular, but it was, like, widespread enough that, like, everybody was, like, inviting people. Yeah. So in order to, like, get on Facebook, you had to be like, oh, shoot, do I know anybody who, like, <laughs> is on Facebook already? Either. Like, I want to get in on that. And then at a certain point, they were like, oh, and now you can just sign up if you want to. <laughs> now. 
But see, have you not seen the social about... network? I haven't. All I know is that <sighs> Mark Zuckerberg is in it. That's such a fucking good movie. We're gonna do the social network one of these weeks. <laughs> okay. The social. I just combined the words network and Mark Zuckerberg, and I said the social <laughs> network. Zuckerberg. Um, uh, I think Zuckerberg. <laughs> I think for <laughs> our one year anniversary of the channel, we should try to do Planet of the Apes again because that was our oh, second that's right. episode. And it got eaten, and we had a great conversation. It was probably not that good, because I think it was, like, our second podcast we ever recorded. No, it was our first one. It was our first one. I remember having a super cool conversation about Planet of the Apes, and then then your computer ate it. Yeah, Audacity just exploded in on itself, because Audacity is the worst program in the world. Yeah, that's why we don't Um, use Audacity anymore. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so we first uploaded on January 19th. So... In a couple of months, in January, we'll have an extravaganza. After the Christmas with, times. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to call my shot right now, okay? Okay. Um, January 19th, 2020. Yep. We're going to do a special anniversary issue in which we have as a special Annual. guest... Um, uh, who are we going to have as a special guest? Billy I'm calling Mays. my shot. It's gonna be no he's dead adeline the ghost of that billy is Mays. really insensitive to say we're gonna have the sham wow guy no i don't like the, the sham wow guy he's i think he abused his wife or something it doesn't matter we're gonna have him on the podcast <laughs> we're gonna be turning to a breaking news network and we're gonna talk to him <laughs> who's the tap light guy i don't know who's the I, the Australian I know all the guy. products, which tells you how good the commercial it is. I don't know. Just tap, and you've got light. You've Who's got that guy? light. And you've got light. Tap light guy. Tap light guy. He had the show with Billy Mays. I think that's the same as the ShamWow guy. I think they're the no, same No, it's guy. a different guy. No, the ShamWow guy was like that really skeevy white guy with the American accent that oh, like, yeah, weirded the people out. Oh, yeah, the guy. And then he turned out to actually be, like, a serial abuser or something. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who's selling you a towel that absorbs more water than a, a regular towel, maybe. Okay, let's see. Vince Offer is the ShamWow guy. Let's see. He's got a tab on his Wikipedia labeled Legal Issues. <laughs> um. But yeah, we're gonna get the tap light guy on the podcast. I mean, and we're honestly, gonna ask him. We're gonna ask him to say, "Just tap, and you've got light." And you've got light. Okay, honestly, all of I... our seventeen followers. I want you all to <laughs> get on that guy on Twitter and ask him to be on our podcast. I can't find his name. Hold on, this is important to this bit. I feel like tap. Ugh, fuck tap, tap light fuck. infomercial guy. More like tap fuck. Just tap, and you've got Lloyd. You've got Falk. Love them or hate them, our list of the top infomercial stars. <laughs> hey, Jackson. I, I gotta... Why this can't I find nothing. this guy's name? No, it's not. It's everything. This is hot garbo. <laughs> this is this is everything. <laughs> Just tap, and you've got everything. <laughs> Anthony Sullivan. Okay. I clicked on the tap light infomercial, and the first thing in it is him going, Hi, I'm Anthony Sullivan. I'm going to make sure he's still alive. No, you see, Billy Mays and Anthony, whatever you just said his last name, is actually gone to Anthony a, Sullivan. Ant- Anthony OxyClean. Sullivan. He's also the OxyClean guy. Yeah, no, they got in a bar fight. I think they were actually friends. 
No, they did that show together. Yeah. They were like co-hosts on that television show. Yeah. And they got Pitch they fought queens. to the death and Anthony won. <laughs> what was that show called? They fought Pitch... to the death live on television. I just searched for Billy reality show. <laughs> Billy. Pitch man. I said pitch queens. I was close. <laughs> pitch queens? Like bitch queens? <laughs> yeah, I guess. What the... Why would it, don't, like, it's not... It's not a drag race show. It's not Paula Abdul. No, who's the guy that does drag race? What's his name? RuPaul, RuPaul, not Paula Abdul. They got Paul in their names. It's not RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> okay, who would you rather... Okay, you have to pick. Okay. Who would you rather have on our podcast? Anthony Sullivan or Randy Jackson? I don't know anything about Randy Jackson other than I like to say Randy Jordanson. <laughs> he was... Um, a baseball man? He was the bassist for Journey for a couple of years. He and he was a, a judge player? on American Idol. No, Randy Johnson is who you're thinking of. Oh. Okay, let me let me explain to you the difference between the Randy Johnson Randy and Randy Jackson. The son of Randy Jackson and Randy Johnson is Randy Johnson, and that's what I say anytime <laughs> I hear the name Randy Jackson. Randy Johnson was a pitcher who hit a bird with a oh, baseball Oh, I would that much rather have Randy Johnson on the show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, more than Randy Jackson. More he than said Randy dog Jackson. a lot on American Idol in 2005. Did he hit a bird with a baseball so hard <laughs> that it exploded? I don't think so. <laughs> I still think that's the funniest video on the internet. Because what do you like, do after that? Do you just keep playing baseball? Like, what are the rules? <laughs> yeah. So, he didn't catch it. So is the play still going? Is it is it a strike? Do you call that a ball? He, like He didn't what? catch it. Is that a home run? Do I need to call someone about this dead think- bird? I think you just all go home. I think you just call yeah, it a wash for the over. day. Well, see, the way that baseball works <laughs> is that there's actually nine more hours of play. <laughs> and you just all kind of stand there while these guys, you just watch them play basketball, basketball for like nine hours. <laughs> okay, here's here's my official call to action, okay? Yeah, we're getting Randy Johnson, the man who... No, no, no. I want I want everybody on Twitter to tweet at three different people. Randy Johnson. I want you to tweet at Anthony Sullivan, Randy Johnson, and Randy Jackson. <laughs> I want all three of them to 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 acknowledge us, and ideally, we get a podcast with all three on at the same time. We'll settle for just one of them, but the goal here is January 2020. <laughs> An all-star cast, Jackson and Adeline McMurray, Anthony Sullivan, Randy Johnson, Randy Jackson, together at last. And their son, Randy Johnson. (laughs) And and go through the phone book and see if you can find somebody named Randy (laughs) Johnson. Yeah, find a Twitter who's called Randy (laughs) Johnson. And and tweet at them also. Uh, So, Adeline, um, what movie did we watch today? Uh, The movie this week is Toy Story Dose. The second in the story Toy Story Quadrilogy. Yeah. Is that the right word for there being four of them? Um, yeah, it's called the Toy Story Quartology. Quartology Universe. The Toy Story <laughs> Universe. The Toy Story Cinematic because Universe. Because every, <laughs> every movie has to be a part of a universe or else it's not good. Well, it's the Pixar Cinematic Universe. The Pixar Animated <laughs> Universe. 
Okay, speaking of animated cinematic universes, yeah. have you seen the trailer for Scoob? I have. I've only seen the little short version of it, version of it on Pinterest, where What's-Her-Face makes that really good joke about the evidence being her dad. <laughs> okay, that was kind of... Okay, super quick. Take a quick break and watch the whole trailer, because okay. I want to talk about it with you. Okay, I love it. A lot. Oh, you do? I love it. Okay, I was going to say that every single joke in it, besides that one at the end, kind of, is phenomenally unfunny. You didn't like the Ikea joke? I thought that was funny. No, that was so bad. It wasn't funny. I'm so <laughs> upset. Okay, okay. Here's here's the main thing I want to talk about, Okay. Though. Um, So this movie was originally going to be about, like, the, the crew, like, working for some, like big corporation i guess like going corporate and like renaming their like company scoob like an acronym <laughs> that like stood for something i guess yeah. um so that was the original title of the movie was scoob and it was like s-c-o-o-b like an acronym yeah. and it was like oh this kind of makes sense because of what you said it was gonna yeah. be but now they i guess have just dropped that entirely yeah. So now the movie's just called Scoob? Well, because... Instead of just Scooby-Doo? Well, you can't call it Scooby-Doo the movie, because there's been 12 of those. That is not... Okay, but if you just call it Scooby-Doo, or maybe, like, Scooby-Doo colon... 2019. The Scoobening... <laughs> like, that's fine. It's just Scoob is stupid. <laughs> Second of all... Will Forte as Shaggy is bad, and whoever's voicing Scooby-Doo fucking sucks yeah, at it. Yeah, why didn't they just get the original voice actors who have literally been doing it since the beginning of time? I know, and like, for some reason, Scooby-Doo just speaks like a human. Yeah, he's, he's just a man. Like, he's just the man in a dog body, and we're not gonna talk about like, it. I really, and, okay. I super love the character designs, though. Like, they're very good. I do, too. I think the movie looks really cool, which is why it's exciting. They're saying they're going to try to do a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe I would with be it. totally down. I would, I would show up. Yeah, which, especially with that art style, if we start getting, like, what's the what's the one where they go on adventures? <laughs> Johnny what's Quest? What's the show? Johnny Quest. That's what I was thinking of. We got, like, a cool <laughs> Johnny Quest movie. How did I get that from that? <laughs> you get it. Um, Space Phantom. Johnny Quest, um, Flintstones. I'm naming all the weird Jetsons. ones first, I know, but, like, I'd be so down. I'd be so down for this. Yeah, that'd be super fun. Um, I still think this movie looks stupid, and I think it's gonna be not funny. Oh, I think, I think it looks fun. I like it. All right. We'll, we'll do a podcast episode on it when it comes okay. out. <laughs> um, anyway, they Toy Story 2. I think that Pixar is designing these movies to come out only when the new movie can look exactly twice as good as the previous one. I know. One. Oh, God. Like, even, like, that first, it looks so much better. Yeah. Like, when you get, like, even, like, in the, like, it's not really a dream sequence, but, like, when they're in the video game, I'll call it a dream sequence. Sure. And you got, like, all the robots in, like, space and stuff, and it looks so much better. But then when they're, like, in Andy's room, and there's, like, this lighting, like, this natural lighting in the room, and, like, the textures are also nice, like, oh, it just looks, like, ten right. billion times better. No, yeah, this movie looks incredible, especially for, like, 1999. Like, it yeah. honestly, really and truly, it holds up. If this movie came out today, I would be like... Ooh. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, if Pixar came out with it today, I'd be like, "What the fuck's up?" But yeah, like, I'd be like if, this looks like hot garbage. But yeah, but if it were if like Warner Brothers like, animation, movie, I'd be like, yeah. "Good job, guys." Well, no, I mean, if it were like Warner Brothers animation, like who made yeah. Hoodwinked? If like the Hoodwinked guys came out with this movie, I'd be like, I "Good think on that you." Was Blue Sky. No, I think that was Sony. No, it wasn't Sony. Hold on, Hoodwinked. Who did Hoodwinked? Hoodwinked is such a good movie. Hoodwinked is really good, but it's also maybe the ugliest movie anybody's oh, ever yeah, created. Oh, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's difficult to look at. <laughs> okay, what do you think is harder to watch? Um, Hoodwinked or Tron? Uh, definitely Tron, because I also don't <laughs> like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Tron has no redeemable qualities. <laughs> we should do Tron on this podcast. We should do Hoodwink. What's wrong with you? Um, we could do both. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm trying to figure out what the distributed, who made it. Production company, uh, cool news, the Weinstein Company. Oof. <laughs> produced and distributed that movie. Anyway, maybe that's why the sequel sucks so bad. Oh, I forgot there was yeah, one. Yeah, do you remember that? It was garbage and no one saw it. Was that the one? What was that one about? It was when the, it's them joining the frogs like organization to help fairy tale people. Oh, that's right. But I was like, getting with, confused with the Surf's Up sequel where there were just a bunch of professional wrestlers in it for some reason. Well, but that was straight to DVD. Like, that was right. just a cash grab. This was, like, in theaters and no one saw it. Are you sure? I think the sequel is also that way. What? I you think the Hood- sequel to uh, Hoodwink 2 was also direct-to-video. No, it was in theaters, I remember. Oh god, look at the look at the poster to this dang movie. Yeah, it's bad. It looks so awful. I'm going to post it on our Twitter, the poster to Hoodwink 2 because it's like the worst poster in yeah. the world. Well, it's like cuz the animation was already ugly, but the movie was good enough despite its animation and the sequel right. when the movie was bad and the animation was also bad, it just like it was just bad all around. Wow. Okay, no okay, okay. Look at the look at the cast listing on this trailer. So, um, uh, start off Glenn Close, um, <laughs> and then after Glenn Close, Cheech and Chong. Build, yeah, don't they play Hansel and Gretel? Maybe Cheech and Chong build above Bill Hader, <laughs> who is build above Amy Poehler, who is build above Martin Short. Oh my gosh! Like. <laughs> Did Bill Hader Martin play the wolf? Short? Yeah, what? did Bill Hader take over uh, Patrick Warburton's part? I think so, because I remember there was somebody else played the wolf, because I watched it on Cartoon Network when I was like 12. Right. I was maybe like 14, actually, but... Yeah, nobody can do Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton's yeah. the only person on Earth who can do Patrick Warburton. Does, is, does Amy Poehler play Red? I don't know, let me look. Because it was Anne Hathaway in the original one. Uh. Okay, let's see. We're just going to talk about Hoodwinked for a little bit. This, okay. we got to stop doing this with Pixar movies, where we just talk about, like, stupid garbage <laughs> for, like, 45 right. minutes, and then we rush through what we're actually talking about with the movie. Right. Okay. Hayden Panet- Panetere played Red. I have no idea. Uh, for some is. reason, I yeah, I don't really either. She's, like, a young actress who's, like, kind of been around for a while. She did a good job. No, in the second one. Oh, in the second one. Um, she I always want to say Hayden Penitentiary, but that's not right. 
Um, <laughs> but that's when she got col- called by bullies in elementary school. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, so Patrick Warburton is still doing the Big Bad Wolf. Oh. He just doesn't get billing on the poster, I guess. <laughs> they just said, fuck him. Um, <laughs> okay, Bill Hader is listed as playing Hansel. I can't figure out who plays Gretel, though. <laughs> Maybe that's Amy <laughs> Poehler? Okay, yeah, Amy Poehler is Gretel. Okay, so that's, that's pretty fun. Hansel and Gretel being Bill Hader and Amy Poehler. That's a fun that's decision. Fun. Um, Joan Cusack plays Varushka the Witch. Um, and Joan Cusack doesn't get billing on the poster either. That's cool. Anyway, (laughs) speaking of Joan Cusack, Toy Story 2. Toy Story Um, 2, directed by John Cusack. No, Joan Cusack plays... Joan um, Cusack. Yeah, Joan Cusack plays Jesse, Adeline, you swine. And also directed Toy Story 2. (laughs) Untrue, John Lasseter (laughs) did. We're talking about sex predators a lot on this episode. I don't know why. it's... Well, okay, that, the first one was your fault, and 100% your fault, and I just had to sit in the backseat of the car while you drove the car off a cliff, but this, this one okay, isn't here's a new rule. Fault. Here's a new rule. We yeah. can't mention more than three sex predators in one episode of the podcast from now Wait, on. Did, That's did, the did Randy Jordan do something that I don't know about? No, we started with the ShamWow guy, and yeah. then we went to Harvey Weinstein, and oh, then we went right. to John Lasseter. But Harvey Weinstein was just like a blip. It was just like really quick. We just did okay. really good. It was out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. See, we're only in trouble if we now bring up Kevin Spacey. Then we're Adeline, shut up. You already did it. <laughs> <laughs> we're past our quota now. Damn, we got we're going to get canceled. Oh, I'm not going to fill out the form. Corporate's going to be on my ass. <laughs> we're going to get canceled because of you, and I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> Anyway, Toy Story 2. Um, okay. Talking about like the space dream sequence at the beginning, right. I have this funny moment of like word association when there's that shot where like Buzz like crashes and there's all those robots around him and like the robots open up and two robots come out and they open up and two more robots come out. And <laughs> right. all I can think about is that one like when they're talking about like the 500 Mario and they're like 500 discreet robots. <laughs> like that's just all I can think about. It's Super Mario 128 you mean? Yeah, the generating power of 500 discreet discreet. <laughs> you know what? Super Mario 128 walked so that Toy Story 2 could run. <laughs> um, I think Toy Story Did 2 came out first. Did you play Super Mario 128? No, it wasn't a game. Do? It was just a tech demo. I know, just to show you they could generate 128 discreet <laughs> Marios. Um, but yeah, like they get so much more creative in this movie with like oh, the lighting. Um mm-hmm. Because, like, the great examples are, like, when his glow-in-the-dark armor is, like, on when he's running through that hallway is so cool. Yeah. And, like, the really warm natural light in Andy's bedroom is really cool. It's so good. Um, the, like... And, like, the lighting on the elevator, you get, like, that yellow ominous Yeah, lighting. that, like, gnarly yellow color. And then at the yeah. very end, they set that, like, last chase, um, with the airplane, um... Like, at a time when it's, like, just after the sun has set, so there's still, like, a little bit of light coming through, but it's not all the way dark yet. It's, like, when it's, like, the sun isn't there, but the sky is still, like, blue. It's really good. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and, like, yeah, just, like, the, the, the power that they have with whatever new technologies have been pioneered in the last five years. Yeah, whatever, like, whatever, like, program it is, it's crazy. Like, new lighting engine. Yeah, it looks so much better. Um, I love... Uh, Woody in this opening sequence. I know. <laughs> where, like, 
He's just like flipping out about everything. <laughs> and I like one of the things I wrote down is that I really like um Bo and Buzz's sort of dynamic in this scene. I know. Where it's like they're both these people, like Buzz is like his best friend and Bo is like his girlfriend, but they both know him really well and they know that he's just like this. Yeah, they, <laughs> they know just he's like, just freaking out. Yeah, and they both are kind of like working together to be like, okay, Woody, like it's it's okay. <laughs> it's <gonna be> fine. <laughs> like and there's that moment where like after he gets put on the shelf and he's like not talking to them, where like yeah. Bo and Buzz exchange this look like, oh, he's He's not okay. Yeah, um, something has changed. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know, it's cool, because it's not necessarily, like, Bo and Buzz, like, have a, like, a, a friendship that's at least explored in this movie, you know, but yeah. they they have a connection to each other, and you, and yeah. I feel like those little moments, like, say volumes about their relationship to each other, you know? Oh, totally. They well, they sort of definitely like... build, like, the family of the toys, which is super vital to what we're gonna basically be teaching the audience later, that, like... Whatever happens, it's important to have your family and the people that you support around you. So it, right. if it's just, like, those little character interactions that just do so much. Like, I mean, even while... I mean, even Woody's a great example in this scene. Like, even while he is panicking, he is still, like, telling Buzz, like, what to do when he is gone. Because he genuinely cares. And he's gonna be gone and he's not gonna be able to take care of things. He's like, make sure everyone goes to the seminar with Mr. Speak and Spell about if a part of you gets swallowed. Like, right. he still cares he's still, so much. Yeah, he's still thinking about all that stuff. He's still trying <laughs> to get everyone to go to the goddamn seminar. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they kind of dropped that thread of, like, Woody being obsessed with these, like, safety briefings. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> I work. wish we got to see more of those. Yeah, I do. I I get that we have to go on like an adventure because it's a movie, but I would like it if we just like went through like a regular day of the toys' life and all right. the stupid seminars and stuff like that. I think that would be great. Like one, think... just one of the animated shorts, just one of them. Yeah, I just no. want just like the average day. I want to see more of Woody being like really, really irritating. <laughs> like... <laughs> Can okay, we make I hope... Woody as unlikable as possible. <laughs> No, there's a difference between being irritating and being unlikable. Yeah. (laughs) We all love him and we know him, but part of that is just knowing that we have to put up with him when he's, like, at a 10 and, like, (laughs) trying to make sure everybody's going to his stupid seminar about what you should do. If you can't handle Woody when he's giving a seminar about toy safety, then you don't get him at his... good woody <laughs> yelling in a funny way yelling because he found his cowboy hat Woody. right <laughs> um the um oh shoot oh and i think something that's a part of that whole like dynamic that i think is really funny is that after woody gets um uh, sort of kidnapped by wayne knight al um, by evil by oh wait hold on by evil clint mcelroy evil <laughs> I've always said that if you were going to make an Adventure Zone movie, you should have Mark Hamill play Clint McElroy. But now yeah. I'm picturing Wayne Knight playing the role instead. <laughs> and that's really funny. No, he anyway. plays evil Clint McElroy. <laughs> anyway, but like after that, when they're like all back in the room and like freaking out and trying to figure out what they should do, they're like mm-hmm. decentralized, you know? There are yeah. like 
a whole bunch of different people who were like all doing different stuff and like potato head and ham are trying to like recreate their crime scene and mm-hmm. rex is over in another part like drawing pictures of the guy and like knocking stuff over and then buzz comes out from a corner doing his totally own thing and it's like yeah. guys can you cool it for a second like there's it's like they've lost their like center like the whole structure mm-hmm. of their like hierarchy i get not hierarchy that's the wrong words. yeah they're like organizational center it's just like god and they all just like crumble <laughs> you know if they had gone to the goddamn seminars then they would know what to do <laughs> about what to happen if wayne knight kidnaps you or a part of you <laughs> you or one of your parts <laughs> um uh, i remember oh you were talking about this is a conversation we have a lot we had a long time ago so i don't remember what side either of us were on but we're talking about toy story 4 and how Bo looks like super made out of porcelain when she didn't in the first movie right. in this movie she definitely looks like she's made of porcelain i don't know if that right. was a creative decision they made in between these movies but like you could totally tell that she's like a porcelain doll in this movie rather than yeah. just like a barbie no, yeah, I think we were, I think she was always a porcelain doll. I just don't think they had the technical capabilities to make that really clear in the first yeah. one. I don't think they had a lot of different like, textures they could play around with. Yeah, because that's like 100% texture based. And I don't yeah. think they had, they had one texture and they knew how to use it. Right. Um, the, um, there's the, that moment where they, um, that, or sorry, I should say the like dream sequence it where... used to scare the crap out of me when I was little. <laughs> did that really bother you? It, I, did. it made me uncomfortable when I was a kid, but it didn't really yeah. scare me. Yeah, no, scare is the wrong word. It also just made me deeply uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, like, I have to get through this scene before I can have fun. <laughs> right. Um, but there's, like, that moment where, like, he's, he kind of, like, wakes up and he's, like, up on the top and he, like, looks down and they're, like, playing cards. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that they're playing cards with only aces of spades when he looks down until oh, yeah. literally this time I watched it. Somehow that never registered to me <laughs> because it wasn't something I thought about as a little kid when I watched this movie. Yeah, you're just like, oh, they're playing cards. And I just like accepted it for so long that I like it didn't that didn't stick out as being weird to me until literally this, the 22nd <laughs> right year of now. my life. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool how they like sort of ease you into the idea that it might be a dream because it's just like what, yeah, what are they real. doing? They're not playing cards. That's only yeah, one just, card. They're just go. They're all like holding cards, and there's just like a pile of cards in the center, and they're all <laughs> ace of spades. Yeah, and Adeline, they're all aces of spades because he's alone and he feels lonely. Wow. He's alone up there, so it's the ace is like one. Yeah, and, and the spade is. Woody a shovel. feels like he's been deserted, and, and Woody feels like he's dug himself into a hole yeah sure e the spade <laughs> um, i also okay i just want to acknowledge yes. that andy's mom uh just coming into his room and taking shit to put in the garage sale is oh, yeah. so whack that is no. <laughs> the worst andy's mom you shouldn't be doing that because what if he really liked that weird little roller skate car that you threw away well no they were roller skates that you put on your shoes and they were made out of rusty metal or something i don't know (laughs) right i don't know i'm just saying you should talk to your kid before you give their stuff away she specifically waits till andy is at cowboy camp to do the yard sale which on some level i get it's harder to like clean the house when you have all your kids there but on another level i'm like hey that's his stuff yeah you can't just like purge your kid's room without their consent that's so well she doesn't she doesn't take anything important she takes a puzzle and she takes like the baby (laughs) stack of rings 
And that's like it. She also <laughs> takes what's his face. She takes Wheezy. <laughs> yeah, and she takes Wheezy. Who's the best? I fucking love Wheezy. I fucking love Wheezy. Goodbye, Woody. Bye, Woody. My favorite moment is I'm after is after Woody rescues him, and he just goes, "Bless you, Woody." <laughs> I think that's so funny. I like it when there when Woody gets kidnapped. And they, like, bring Wheezy up to, like, talk to Buzz. He's like, go get my buddy back. And there's just, like, two toys, like, supporting him behind him. (laughs) It's just really good. (laughs) I I don't know. There's something interesting to me about the fact that, like, Woody and all the rest of the toys have completely ignored Wheezy for years, presumably. Like, he used to be kind of part of their crew, but he got shelved and they just forgot about him. And yeah. yet somehow Wheezy is, like, not holding a grudge about it not, And he's, he gets it. He's totally he's, cool about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. He just has such a low self-esteem that he's, like, not even mad that they just totally abandoned him. Bless you, Woody. <laughs> and that's what I think makes it so much, what makes it feel nice that he's so appreciative whenever they start paying attention to him. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I feel a song coming on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got the black lung. Okay. <laughs> I wish as Ben good, Stiller was wheezy. <laughs> as good as the animation gets in this movie, and it gets really, really good. Like, like the important humans start to look a little bit better. Andy definitely looks way better than he did in the first movie, and and evil dinosaur man definitely looks pretty good but like characters like andy's mom still wait hold on evil dinosaur man he plays the villain in jurassic park doesn't he oh that's what you mean okay yeah (laughs) evil dinosaur man okay yeah okay fine wayne knight is his name (laughs) wayne knight he sounds like he's batman but he's not but yeah, like, their character models look really, really good. But then you get to, like, this kind of, like, less seen, less important characters, like Andy's mom, and they still look yeah, look a little, look a little worse around the edges. Yeah, I would argue that Andy still looks really bad in this movie. Still, he doesn't look good. I think looks Al better. looks perfectly fine. I think Al yeah, and Al the old great. guy look great. Um, everyone else didn't clearly didn't get the same level of attention yeah. <laughs> that they did. Well, and it's, I think... What's with this weird theme in animation of giving, like, young boys, like, the weirdest shaped head possible? And <laughs> yeah. what comes to mind is just, like, Jimmy Neutron and also Andy from Toy Story. But, like, what's right, up yeah. with that? Like, these aren't human-shaped heads. What ten-year-olds <laughs> do you know? Because I think they're aliens in disguise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're robots in disguise. Um, I am still... You know what I kind of wish they would have done? There what? was a rumor going around for Toy Story 4... That they were going to have, like, cameos from, like, some licensed toys. And they would get, yeah. like, Robert Downey know, Jr. and get, like, Chris, Chris Evans, Evans to play, yeah. like, action figures for, like, a short... Not, like, to be main characters, but just, like, but for just, a like, gag. just, like, as a goof. Yeah. I think that would be really funny. I that wish they would do that so more good. often. If they could get the Optimus Prime guy to come in and be Optimus <laughs> Prime in Toy Story, I think that would um, be great. Do you mean Winnie the Pooh? Are they the same guy? They're the same guy. Okay, cool. Good. That's the joke. And he came to Spokane one time. Oh, really? What was he doing? Uh, I think he came to Lilac Con. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the like Lilac City Comic Con. Oh, yeah. I wish I would have gone. That would have been good. Yeah. I would have asked him to say funny things. Poo, or was the guy who voiced Tigger, or maybe it was both of them. 
I don't remember. I would ask him to say funny things in Pooh's voice. I'm sure he loves it when people do that. <laughs> gay rights. Who <laughs> said gay rights recently in a character voice? It was very funny. <laughs> I would be like, oh, hey, can you say something about eating ass in Pooh's voice? <laughs> and I bet he would be really into it. I bet he would think that's what, super um, funny. Do you, have you seen the video of of someone asking Mark Ruffalo to say ooh ooh and he goes, What what is that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well there's also That's the really vine of Mark Ruffalo where he go, Hey, you're on Vine and he goes, I'm on what? Which <laughs> <laughs> is also very good. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is so funny to me because he's like he's this he's huge got activist. He's so much right? dad energy, but he's yeah. like not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like this huge activist. He's constantly posting about like climate reform and like active in government and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But like he's also just like it feels like that like takes up all of his energy because whenever yeah. somebody's like Vine, he's like, "What? Excuse me? <laughs> like he's <laughs> just totally unaware." <laughs> I'm the Hulk. Um, not the Vine. I think that uh, Joan Cusack in this movie, playing Jesse, is yeah. giving maybe the all-time greatest vocal performance in an animated movie. I ever. know she does such a good job. I can't think of anybody whose performance I enjoy and am genuinely moved by more than I know. than God, this. She does. Jesse is such a good character, and I really can't like put my finger on like why she's such a good character because like it seems like a pretty kind of basic character arc where it's like she is a person who's been abandoned and there's that fear of being abandoned again and that's what dri- what's driving her character motivation right. but just the way that she plays jesse is just so good and i think it's because we start jesse as such a silly character but like right. in an endearing and kind of like realistic way like right. i think jesse is just like the perfect embodiment of like a horse girl you know of like those girls <laughs> right. in elementary school who just love horses and are huge dorks and every recess they're playing like horse adventure like i think jesse <laughs> just like really captures that like that like i don't want to say country but like that kind of like ragamuffin right. like aesthetic and she does it so well and then to take that character and then put them in such a dramatic emotional scenario and do such a good delivery that she does like it's just so effective right and i think there's i think there's a comparison to be made between this performance and um vincent d'onfrio's in men in black in the sense that like it's just like playing super broad like Mm -hmm. playing huge and over the top but in such a committed way that you can really sell it you know Mm -hmm. and i think the tone of toy story is generally fairly naturalistic you know Mm -hmm. like it's not like a super snappy sort of dialogue in toy story yeah um and i think I, i i don't know what it is that like but she's just going like so broad and so huge when she's like, everybody knows your name, Woody. Yeah. And it like it, but it works, you know. It's not like goofy yeah. or cringy. It doesn't take you out of it. It's just like she's just this ridiculous, like yeah, fun loving person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love <laughs> the moment where they introduce the prospector for the first time, and he's like. Turn me around, bullseye. (laughs) Like, in intensive care and, like, in a full body cast or something. I think it's so funny. (laughs) A little bit before that, we kind of skipped over some stuff. These are just little things that I really enjoyed. But, like, that scene where they're going, where where Woody's going into the garage sale to save Wheezy. 
and you have all the toys like kind of just doing commentary from the window. I don't know. Right. I love this like rapport that they kind of have with the mom where they're like rooting on the mom. Like, I don't right, know. Right. I just really enjoy it. Like, it kind of cements the toys as a part of Andy's family a little bit. Yeah. Which they kind of explore a little bit in Toy Story 3, like when the toys go missing and you have that kind of like tension in the family a little bit. Like, I feel like they mm-hmm. kind of explore just a little bit. But I don't know. I just thought it was really enjoyable to be like, yeah, way to go, Andy's mom, when they're like right. down <laughs> looking at the garage sale. Can I tell you about a, a Pixar theory that I have? What? Here's here's my reading of Toy Story. Here's my galaxy brain conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, I think that um, Woody did not belong to the mom mm-hmm. because if he did – then I don't think the toys would be saying Andy's mom. I think they would be saying Janet or whatever her name is. Yeah, which I think would also have been really funny if they were like, way to go, Sharon. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon. But uh, I think that Woody was passed down from the dad's side, and I think the dad died. um, And that's why I think that Toy Story Zero should be about... (laughs) Woody dealing with the death of his owner, which is Andy's dad. I know you're kind of goofing, but I would also show up for it. No, no, I don't think that's I don't think that's totally unreasonable. I don't know. I came up with a really good pitch for a yeah. Monsters Inc. sequel the other day. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying my TM, TM, my, TM, TM, TM. my girlfriend. I'm not going to say it. My girlfriend's someday wife is probably going to be working in animation for a career. <laughs> so I'm not going to rule out the, the the possibility that maybe she or I will be able to pitch that to somebody someday. <laughs> but I just want everybody to know that I have a really good idea for a Monsters, Inc. sequel. So buckle up. Coming so to if you, anybody wants to hear it, who <laughs> could, could get me in the room, just let me know. <laughs> Just open the window a crack, and he'll sneak on in. Um, also, I also have this pitch for Toy Story Zero, but that's not as good as my. But you know, we get, you gotta pick one. You gotta pick your battles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I really think we kind of talked about how, like, the in our last episode about Toy Story, which you should go watch. You should go watch the what we did with Toy Story. <laughs> but like, we talk about how like the theming has evolved, or in the first one, there isn't really a lot of theming. Right. And then in the second, third, and fourth, you get all this theming about being a family and about being a toy and, like, what that means to, like, be there for a kid. And, I mean, we kind of get in the first one with, like, Woody wanting to get back and it, him him wanting to go back even if he isn't played with. But, like, with this movie, we really hammer in that theme of, like, being a toy and being there for a kid. And, like, I think it's such a good idea to introduce these toys that have basically never been with a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I just think that's such, like, this movie is so smart. Like, all of the character motivations are so good and so solid. Like, right. you have Jesse, who's been hurt before and doesn't want to get hurt again. You have Stinky Pete, who is just bitter from never being bought and never being right. played with. And it's yeah. just, it, it's such a cool concept to bring up and talk about, especially with Woody, who is, like, is, like, the knight in shining armor for, like, being a toy and being there for a kid. And I just right. think it's really it's so smart and really well done. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think we mentioned this in the last episode, too. But, like, the theming of Toy Story is really, really 
broad, you know? Yeah. You could, you could apply it to a lot of different things. You could apply it to, like, parenthood. You could apply it to, um, like, having a career and, like, having a purpose in your life. You could apply mm-hmm. it to, like, romantic relationships. I think there's a solid reading for. I've seen people apply it to religion before, which is an mm-hmm. interesting reading. Um, One but, of them being our dad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um but, uh, like, it's just, it's interesting the sort of needle they thread in these movies that it's like, they, they don't lean into any particular reading. They just let it sort of speak to these broad universal truths, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and, oh, shoot, there was something else I was going to say. What was the last thing you said? It's really well done. Character motivations. Yeah, you're talking about theming and the Jesse, who's it. been hurt before and the prospector who's just bitter from never being played with oh i was ju- i i remembered what it was i was just getting distracted thinking about my monster snake sequel bitch I- <laughs> <laughs> listen shut up we all know it's really good <laughs> shut your mouth i was gonna say i like i like that now that we're in the sequel i feel like they're the creators are more comfortable with these characters that they can kind of like change them a little bit now i love that rex has just become a gamer and I think that's, <laughs> I know, that's so, good. so good. Can we talk because... about, like, just how much of... Okay, so my favorite part of this... Not my favorite part, but a gag that's really good in this movie is, like, Rex finding his, like, Nintendo power in the toy store. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, reading it and being really excited about it. But I just want to acknowledge how much of a racket Nintendo power was. <laughs> like, oh, oh, absolutely. It was hot garbage. Well, why... so what they would do is they would make a video game that was so goddamn hard that you couldn't beat it without right. buying a piece of paper that told you how to beat the game. That told you where all the secrets were. The yeah. Early, okay, early, early, like, video game industry stuff is just, like, bonkers. And you're like, why did we do this? It's so whack. And it's just, like, old video games are the worst. Because they're yeah, just, they're like... Yeah, they're kind of all really bad. Like, yeah. I know, like... Like, I can count on love... one hand the amount of NES games that are actually really good. Yeah. Well, it's like, I know that people love the original Zelda, but, like, looking at it from any perspective, it's kind of hot garbo. Like, I, understand I disagree a... about the original well, Zelda. Well, I understand as a kid it was cool to, like, explore, but as an adult who knows what video, what good video game design is, and right. having video games that I enjoy playing to just, like, be, like you're in a field now. It's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Right. And it's like, I don't know, find a sword, bitch, figure it out. Here's Where's the, thing. the temple? Fuck you. <laughs> I think... Buy the- our book! <laughs> I think, yeah, no, that's the thing. I think with the addition of a Nintendo Power magazine that gives you a little map where all the dungeons are, I yeah. think that makes it a great game. I think without yeah, exactly. that, that's the thing. That's the thing that you need the most to make yeah, that like genuinely really I've sat really down and game. tried to play the original oh. Zelda at least three times, and I don't have any fun because I don't know where I'm supposed to be going, or what the fuck is happening, or really how to fight any of the bad guys. So I just kind of wander around, and then I die, and then I go, well, what the fuck was I supposed to do? And there's no save function, because it's, like, the first video game ever made. No, 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 that was the first video game with a save function, famously. Oh, it was. Well, it's got a save function, so that's... Adeline, I have really bad news for you. Yeah. I think you're a fake gamer girl. Oh my god. (laughs) But I have Flappy Bird on my phone still. Oh, you do? It's still on there. No, I don't. (laughs) Oh, it's Adeline! You could have built yourself out. You're still a fake gamer girl. God damn it. God. Here's what you need to do to redeem yourself. Yeah. 
I need you. Should I talk you... about Bioshock for 45 minutes? No, 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 Bioshock is out. What? Say, no, you. Adeline, shush. Say yes. something specific about Fortnite. I like that it has color in it. No, no, no. I want you to, like, just quote that you know one of the mechanics in Fortnite. Use some lingo. PUBG. Wrong. Adeline, <laughs> you're on thin ice. <laughs> I like that the dance moves, and I like um Unicorn Hammer, and I like a uh, pink bear hat, and I like... Um, and I like, uh, different rarities of drop items, and I like, um, <laughs> I like, uh, 360 no-scope, and I like, and I, um, I, and I like, oh, I'm, and I like the, um, guns. <laughs> there you go, there you go, that's it. Okay, 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 we're in the clear. Okay, I think we're in the clear. I think you <laughs> okay, saved yourself. Okay, good. Um, where were we in the movie? I don't even know. Oh, Rex is a gamer. Right, right, right. That's right. Okay, yeah. Rex is a real gamer girl, I think. Um, <laughs> He's, he is a real gamer girl. Uh, but, like, yeah, I don't know. This It's just good. And the fact I mean, that he's, I like... Love- talking about how smart this movie is like they keep making all these just like little creative decisions that are just so good like the scene where they're in the traffic cones crossing like the six lanes of traffic is so good and so smart like it's just such a good creative decision it creates such a cool scene of them like walking across the street and stopping and like forcing the cars to like swerve in different directions and (laughs) then walking and then stopping and this whole time they're basically blind and it's just it's so good it's such a creative scene yeah no this script is like supremely tight it's like uh, excuse me it's like Almost Hot Fuzz levels of, like, uh, what's, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe, like, the fact that they never introduce a new element into the story without bringing it back later in some meaningful way, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, every, every tiny little piece of, like, information about the world that gets introduced becomes a part of, like, the story moving you forward towards that climax, you know? Like, I mean, oh, they do it so much. Like, with Toys Alabarn. um, Toys (laughs) Alabarn. Owl's Toy Barn. (laughs) They They establish as a goof that is directly across from evil Clint McElroy's apartment building. Right. And then when they, and then when everyone gets separated from Buzz, Buzz sees that the apartment building is right across the street. And we establish that the way the toys get across that four lanes of traffic is under the traffic cones. And then when Buzz catches up with them, we see him get out from underneath the traffic cone. Like, it's all these little things. Like, even how they get into the store is that they all have to jump at once to make the sensor go off. And it's kind of a goof. And then later, Buzz can't get out of the store because he's not heavy enough to make the thing go off. Like, everything is just comes back and is set up so well. Um, and that's, and that's when Zerg, Zerg okay. I love, so let's, let's talk about, fun thing. like, the level of Star Wars parody in this movie. I, before it was okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so funny to me, because there's so many Star Wars sound effects at the beginning, first of oh, all. Oh, absolutely. They're um, like, hey, this, this isn't really anything like Star Wars, but we're gonna use so many Star Wars sound effects that you kind of <laughs> think that it is. Right. And then, like, obviously, it's like, you know, the whole Buzz and Zerg thing is like a yeah. complete Star Wars like homage yeah. but like 
I, I don't know. It's just so funny to me that there's that much Star Wars in this movie. I know. It's a lot. Like, um, before they even, like, bought Star Wars, I think this is before Pixar was even a part of Disney. They were all already right. just like, can we make fun of Star Wars a whole bunch? <laughs> Can well, we okay. Do that? Pixar was always distributed by Disney. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, but I don't know how what, that would like go with like copyright claim. I don't know how that stuff works. Yeah. Well, I know that Lucasfilm and Disney had a relationship for a really long time before yeah. they like bought the company outright. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, look in in this sort of situation, I don't think that even if there was no relationship between the two ideas, mm-hmm. I don't think they're doing anything legally actionable. Probably um, not. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, even if parody wasn't legal, like, just having a character say, I am your father, and the other one saying no, no. is not <laughs> it's not a, a trademarked idea, you know? Yeah, you don't you're know all, that. You're allowed I to do that if you want, want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, the, uh, just a second. There's this great great moment where um like when woody like is first like sort of getting in an argument with them about whether or not he's gonna go to the museum um Mm -hmm. and like tensions are kind of high already and then al comes back into the apartment and they all have to like Mm -hmm. get in their boxes and like reset and Mm -hmm. jesse's like super nervous and prospector tells her like jesse jump in i promise you will come out of that box again (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, like that is a, that's a tough line. That's a heavy line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people, um, when Toy Story 4 came out, said something along the lines of like, in Toy Story 4, they introduced kind of like the idea of privilege into the toy world. That like being with a kid is like kind of a privileged position and like there are so many different like mm-hmm. other ways to be, you know. But I think this movie is absolutely playing with that idea, you know. Oh, totally. There are so many lines where Prospector says to them, like, there are so many toys who have it so much worse than you, and you should be grateful for what you have and, like, take mm-hmm. pity on us, poor souls, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's an idea that's unique to four at all. I think that's been kicking around in this franchise for a while now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think. <laughs> The Prospector, I think, is just such a great, and like, antithesis of Woody. Like, mm-hmm. it's just to have this character who's basically never been played with, and, like, this is his one shot at doing anything, really, with his life. Right. And it's, it's really interesting, because I think there's, in children's media, there's this new... <laughs> And it's not really that new, but, like, the idea that, like, everyone is redeemable and you should try to redeem everyone, even if it's, like, the villain, because even if it's not realistic, because it's a good thing for children to learn that everyone can be redeemable. Right. And I think it's funny how this movie, first of all, I really like that when Woody goes, he's like, guys, I'm gonna go home with Andy with you. And he's like, hold on, I'm gonna bring these guys with me. Like, I think that's such a good like right. idea and i love that woody just like has it like it's not this weird like moment of tension it's like but woody you're leaving us he's just like no i got a solution you all come with me and i love where i just love that the prospector's like no absolutely not like i don't <laughs> right. that's just such it's such a good character motivation it's so good yeah here's what i like to believe 
Um, they sort like? of they sort of play that him like getting stuck with that little girl is like his eternal damnation. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I I choose to think that he when when he gets played with by that little girl, his heart grew three sizes. Yeah. And he, and he got to be like a wonderful and productive member of that. Can we be in of charge of making the Toy Story shorts? Because we got ideas. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna keep doing those. I want some, I just want some toy seminars, and I want Stinky Pete having fun with a bunch of Barbies. <laughs> right. Um, I, uh, I watched, um, I don't think I watched all of them. I should finish them off, though, because they're all on Disney Plus now. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, I watched it, the majority of them a little while ago, and mm-hmm. I was not disappointed by them. Um, they're not Toy Story movie quality, that's for sure. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, like, there's one... I'm trying to remember what the context is. Oh, it's the the Halloween special one, where it's, mm-hmm. like, uh, the family goes on vacation, and they're in a hotel room, and they have to, like, get whatever. And they... But they do a lot of, like, character work with Jesse that they haven't necessarily done in the third and fourth movies. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, oh, she's got, like, this sort of trauma and, like... She's really upset by whenever she needs to be put in a box. So they've got this whole scene where, like, she is getting upset when she's about to be packed up in the suitcase, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I know it's okay, but it's like, this is just a thing for me. And this is really stressful (laughs) to, like, Mm -hmm. to be in a box like this, you know? And it's like, it's some cool ideas and they're doing interesting character things with them. But Mm -hmm. it's still not quite as sharply and wittily and eloquently written as like a movie is you know and you're like "Ah, this is kind of a missed opportunity you know like i like what they're doing i just wish it was better than like a six and a half i wish this was in the movie because that's i really like that that's a really interesting concept um yeah i don't know and i i hope they're doing a handful of like little forky short films yeah, um, I saw one of them on Disney Plus, and I was just yeah, snooping around. That are, like, less than a minute long. I watched that first one, and it was, uh, dumb and lame. Um, <laughs> what, are, this is just a real quick thing that's just about the Toy Story franchise as a whole. I love the Toy Story 3, and then the one thing that I didn't like about Toy Story 4 is that they kind of, I don't like how they treated Bonnie. I feel like they made Bonnie a little bit of a brat, because she, like, loves Woody in Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4. He's not the favorite anymore, but it just seemed really out of character to me. And I get yeah. that she's a child, and I get that children kind of like go through phases, but it just seemed it just seemed like such a heel turn and I didn't I didn't like it. And especially because it feels like it it, it feels like Woody's like, "Oh, Bonnie's not as cool as Andy. I'd rather go with Bo, Bo Peep. See ya." You know? Uh yeah. I mean, but don't you think that's his right to make that decision, though? I well, I, I I think it's not it's not I guess it's not a criticism of Woody. It's a criticism of the story choice to have Bonnie not like Woody. You know, of that heel turn. Like, but I if you don't have that, what movie is there? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe we should have made Toy Story four. <laughs> Maybe we were good. You're wrong. How do you rank um, the Toy Story movies? Uh, I feel like Toy Story 3 is maybe my favorite. And what? I think it's what? because... No, hold on, hold on. I think it's because it like came out when I was like at the point where I could really enjoy movies. Right. So I remember enjoying that one the most, 
Even though I do think one and two are very, very good. Honestly, I think my favorite is number two. Right. And then number one, and then number three, and then number four. Toy Story 4 is your least favorite one? I really like Toy Story 4, but I think I like I liked what they did in Toy Story 3 better. You you like Toy Story... Okay, okay. Here's, here's my ranking. Okay. Two. Yep. Four. Oh. Three, one. What? Fight me about I it. Get Let's get it. in a fight. No, I get it. Okay. Yeah, thinking about it, I don't think Toy Story 1 is my number two. I probably go two, three... Four one, yeah. I think no. Okay. I agree with you there. I think Toy Story one is maybe the worst one, and I think it's because we already talked about this when we talked about the movie. But it's just like it's just not as developed as it could be, and it obviously no. came along with like production struggles. So yeah, I think Toy Story one is definitely maybe the worst one. And that um, being said, it's still an amazing film. Oh yeah, totally. It's great. Um, yeah. The uh... yeah, I don't know. I'm just surprised to hear you beefing with Toy Story four because I, I thought really we were both like on the Toy same Story page. 4. And I think I think what it comes from is that I just loved the ending of Toy Story three so much. It felt like such a good ending. Like it wrapped up the story. I feel like it gave all the characters like an ending that they really deserved. Like I felt it was just such a good wrap up to the whole trilogy. And then I was surprised that they were even one. And then when the fourth one totally disrupted that whole kind of happily ever after, I was just a little bit upset by it. And I don't think that I'm mad about it. I just don't, I just, I don't know. I don't think I liked it I just much. don't think, I don't think Toy Story is really a happily ever after kind of series, you know? It's, I mean, with the exception of one, I think it's mostly about... Change. Yeah, it's about change and it's about toys who have to deal with difficult situations and learning to find happiness yeah. in them, you know? I don't think... I think it would almost be, to me, personally, mm-hmm. I think it... I think having that decision to, like, disrupt it again after that perfect happy ending mm-hmm. um, in... Uh, three. In Toy Story 3 is, like, more true to the story than just having it end there. Mm-hmm. Um because that's, that's, I mean, like you said, that's what these movies are about, are about change yeah. and about dealing with the fact that life moves forward. And I don't know, they're weirdly kind of about mortality. I mean, they way, definitely are, yeah. Oh, dude, like in yeah, every single movie, they talk about how you're going to end up in the trash one day. They're absolutely about mortality. Yeah, no, they're, <laughs> a lot of times they're like weirdly existential oh, yeah. movies. Um, and, like, I think that's, like, a big part of it, you know? As you grow up and as you, like, graduate high school and, like, start to move on from things mm-hmm. and, like, suddenly there are, like, whole parts of your life that are behind you, it's, like, you know, you've got to you've got to move forward, mm-hmm. you know? You always got to move on to the next thing and sometimes it sucks that you have to and you wish you could stick with whatever that old thing was, but that's, like, a really important part of living as a human, yeah. you know? is adapting to whatever your next thing is. And I think that's a really important element of Toy Story <laughs> as an idea. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I guess I think we'll definitely do a podcast about n- number four, about just while we're talking about it. Right. I think, honestly, yeah. I, I one of my other beefs with Toy Story 4 is that I didn't like how much it kind of 
I get, I'm not upset that it centered a lot on Woody. I think it was really cool to, like, experience a lot of what Woody was going through through all of those changes. I thought that was great. I didn't like... I think you are upset. I think you're mad, Adeline. No, what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. Continue. What I... I was totally fine with them centering on Woody. I really liked the character character development that Woody had. I think giving Woody so much attention going through this change was really good and really smart. I guess I was just upset that we kind of didn't talk about the rest of the toys, like, at all. Like, right. Jesse and Mr. Mateo had, like, all of the other characters are just, like, not talked about at all when they are also deeply affected by this change. We talk about Buzz a little bit in the B-plot, it, but it just... I didn't even like Buzz in Toy Story 4 because he just had this, like, thing where Woody is, yeah, like... Yeah, Buzz had no arc at Yeah, all. he was, like, follow the voice in your head. And then it was just goofs about the little sound player. And that's all it was. Like, <laughs> right. I feel like it didn't feel like a Toy Story movie. It felt like Adventures with Woody, which is fine. I'm happy to go on an adventure with Woody. But I want, I want the Toy Story family, you know? And I was kind of upset that we didn't explore those ideas that we could have with right. the rest of all the other characters. Uh, here's the Toy Story short I want. Okay. Um, I want, <laughs> I want Woody at the carnival yeah. trying desperately to put together a seminar <laughs> about safety or something. About safety and all for these, free like, roaming toys. <laughs> yeah. And all these like vagrant nomadic toys just could not give less of a shit. No, I want them to care. I want them to be like, oh, no one's ever told us how to be safe before. No one's ever cared about our safety before. I guess you could take it two ways. Mine was the more cynical version, I guess. You could do both. Well, you start with the cynical, and that's like the goof, and then Woody gets disheartened, and then he finds one toy that's like really appreciative, and then he like does it, and then he finds a bunch of toys that are really happy to have his information. Good. Okay. TM, cool. TM, TM, we are TM. so fucking good at Pixar. Pitches. I know. God, Pixar, please, for the love of God, <laughs> hire us. <laughs> Imagine if Pete Doctor listened to this podcast and was just like, "This is it. We found them. These are the ideas we've been the looking golden for. Golden children. On <laughs> That's what they'll call us." <laughs> The comeback kids, by which we mean the come the first time kids. They come here, kids. kids. They come here. <laughs> they came here. <laughs> um. Okay. Anyway, where were we in the movie? Um. Oh. Okay. This this movie, I think, is is near flawless. Yeah. Um. Except for that weird gag. Where Buzz starts to give a dramatic speech and the American flag shows up behind him. And they use it as a transition into the next scene. Yeah. But, like, the next scene is just, like, an American flag on the TV in the background well, that of that was, next no, scene. No, that was the thing. That was, like, at the end of the broadcast day. It would just be, like, here's an image. Bye. Right. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying it's weird. It is weird. I'm just saying well, it's weird and I don't think it really is. You know lands. what's really stupid is that they have that goof and they thought it was a very funny goof because it's like, oh, when you give a big speech, it's like, oh, patriotic and American flag. Like, that's a funny goof in America. But that goof right. doesn't land in literally any other country. Like, so for the <laughs> right. for all the other releases to other countries, they just made this flag that had, like, the earth on it, and they put it behind Buzz. But then the joke, oh, really? but then the joke is just, like, completely lost. So it was, it, yeah, yeah, no, it just doesn't it make was any just sense. A, it was just a bad idea. Like, funny goof, it's guys. It's kind of like, for example, 
It's kind of like, for example, taking the men in black and putting them in England. In any for other some country, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Um, should we? I'm trying to decide if we should do an episode about Men in Black International. Big. Be- I don't think I don't think we should. I wouldn't even have enough to say about it because yeah. it just fucking sucks and bad. it's boring. Um, There's like a sweet spot of like bad movies, like bad movies that are funny because you have things to talk about and do have some right. redeeming qualities because then you can then you can dream about what could have been and then there's just bad movies like justice league that are just bad and have no redeeming qualities i still think we should do justice league i would like to talk about about justice league can we talk about that weird shot where you could see superman's mustache and his forehead is cut out of the frame it's a good shot um i i this is like an unpopular thing among like intellectual film circles i am so deep into the whole release the snyder cut thing (laughs) I want it so bad. Because, because it would at least be similar... funny. It would at least be yeah. interesting. I mean, we love Batman God, I could Superman. watch Batman vs. Superman every day of my life. And it's not because and... it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if there was... And because of that, like, Justice League is the most disappointing movie I oh think I've God. ever seen Oh my god, I was theaters. so excited for Justice League because I was like, this is going to be the best train wreck that anyone's ever seen. And then <laughs> it was just boring. It, it I was just so sucked. sad. And it didn't make any sense and was just stupid. Yeah. And like, I want to see that Snyder cut. That version where Zack Snyder was like playing, like doing this crazy like ruminations on the existence of God and humanity and like How many horses apoc- do you think would have been in it? Yeah, like and god damn it, apparently like seventy five percent of what actually showed up in the movie was like reshot by Joss Whedon and apparently Zack Snyder shot a whole movie and there is a Snyder cut that exists Without special effects, I want it really badly. and Jason Momoa has seen it and says it's really good. I trust and I Jason just, Momoa. I, God damn it! I want it so bad, <laughs> and like everybody points to the whole release the Snyder cut thing as like oh typical like nerd entitlement and like petitioning <laughs> yeah. things to be different because they didn't like it. But it's not the same. It's different. It's not the same because it's a it's a it's a movie that exists yeah, fully. It already it's exists. It's there. And we just want to see directors it. Directors cuts are already a thing. It's not like I'm demanding yeah. that you make another movie or that you re-release exactly. it in the theaters. Just give it to me and I won't tell anybody about it. <laughs> right. And god damn it, I want to see it so bad. Gosh. Apparently there was a lot more Cyborg stuff in it. Because Cyborg is such a good character. They didn't do anything with him except have him, like, do that dumb thing with Superman with, like, the explosive or whatever. I don't remember what the fuck happens in that movie. And, no, and neither does anybody else on the planet because it was a boring, bad movie. Remember when Cyborg and the Flash had to dig up Superman's grave? <laughs> Actually, that was actually the only funny part of that movie, I think. No, but the only funny when part they were like, "Oh, movie. we gotta get Superman back." That's like part of it. And they were like, "Barry and whatever Cyborg's name is, you gotta go literally go to a graveyard dig and dig up, up Superman's grave. grave." And they were just like, uh, "Fuck, okay." That no, was the only funny. genuinely funny part of that movie was the only part where they were trying to be funny, where Superman is like, "I'm glad to be alive," and the thing explodes and he like hits the wall, and he's like, "I wish I were dead." <laughs> I know it's so funny. That's that the best part of the whole hilarious. movie. It's genuinely um, hilarious. The rest of it is boring <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, I think the I think the line is like, "I'm I'm pretty happy to be alive." And then he like explodes and like hits a wall really hard, and he says, 
I take it back. I want to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking And it's really good. good. God, why can't the whole movie just be that? <laughs> um, okay. So. I uh, love. Toy Story 2. Yeah. I love. There's lots of things that I love. I think that introducing Zerg is a really funny idea to play off of because we've established that Buzz is like the hero and he is 100% convinced that he is that hero. But we know that there's a villain, so to introduce that villain who like 100% thinks that they are the villain is a super fun and good decision. And I'm glad right. that they did it. Even if they didn't really do a lot with it, I'm glad that they did it. Yeah. And I think I think showing Buzz or having Buzz sort of square off with another like so default smart. version of Buzz is so idea. cool because you get to see like really explicitly his character development, right? Yeah. You get to have your character from this movie like almost literally interact with themselves. Yeah. The version of themselves from the beginning of the first movie and have them like roll their eyes at them and being like, ooh, yeesh, was I really <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, and I think it's so cool. Um, and I think Buzz has like just a super cool and smart arc in this he movie. Does. Where he, he just, like, really doubles him. down on being a friend and a cool guy. Oh, man. I love that scene where they go to rescue Woody. And you just have this total reversal of their character dynamics between yeah. Buddy and Wiz. I just called him Buddy. <laughs> but you said <laughs> Buddy and Wiz. God, am I dyslexic? Uh, <laughs> but the total character dynamic shift between Buzz and Woody... Where you have basically Buzz preaching about what it means to be a toy. And, like, it doesn't matter if you get played with. What's important is being there for the kid. And Woody being like, well, what if I don't get played with? Like, it's kind of what we talked about in the first movie. But I think the reality has really hit Woody that it's not about being replaced. It's not about someone else getting more love than you. It's about not getting any love at all. And I think that really scares Woody. And I just love how you have this change where Buzz has to basically give Woody a pep talk. And he's like, dude, this is everything that you stand for. How can you not do this? Right. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so cool. Um, <laughs> that was like a big thematic idea and like emotional moment. But I'm just going to say super quick that I really like the Barbies in this movie. I know. I love the Barbies too. <laughs> and like the way they're animated and the sound design of them like being super squeaky, squeaky and stiff yeah. when they move is so funny. It's um, so good. <laughs> well, I also love, I love, I'm going to call him New Buzz because I don't know what else to call him. Right. But That's I love New and New Buzz. And there's this, there's this, there's that part where they're like going through the vents and he's like, he's like talking he's like why don't we just ride the elevator we'll be expecting that but he does like this hand movement where he like puts both his arms up puts both his arms down and then he runs away like an action figure like he's shaped like an x and he just like thunks down the air vent and i think it's the funniest (laughs) thing i've ever seen (laughs) there's so much great like physical comedy in this i know god it's so good um the uh yeah okay i just to just to defend the idea of going to the toy museum, though. Yeah. The toy museum sounds pretty lit. It sounds like, dope as hell in Tokyo? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, imagine just being able to hang out in a toy museum in Tokyo where at night all the toys come to life and just, like, chill out Party, forever. Yeah. That sounds tight as hell. Hang out with if I were Woody, I totally would have gone to the toy museum. It sounds dope as hell. <laughs> um, I'm almost... Um, 
near the end of my my notes here. Me too. Um, my only um, I don't know. This is like almost a little bit of a cinema sensey thing to point out, but like the 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 bit right at the end where first of all, um, bullseye a toy horse <laughs> catches up to an airplane on foot, <laughs> and then <laughs> Woody like spins his like lasso ring around and gets it on a bolt that's exactly the same size as it first try and swings off of it that was like no i okay look adeline it's just like it was enough that i it took me out of the movie hey hey jackson what um i think i think you're cinemasins but here's the thing though Uh Is that this movie does, we mentioned it before, have a really naturalistic tone, right? Yeah. Like, it takes place very much in reality, you know? And I think part of committing to that is making sure that the things that happen on screen are, like, practical, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And I think... I'm not saying that it was a horrible thing, but I think that is a moment where that breaks down a little bit for me, where I, mean, I feel I feel a fantastical element coming through in the movie rather than being immersed in the sort of like pseudo reality of the world they're building. I think for me it doesn't it's not like it's like putting like the energy uh, like the nth degree of getting into like that adventure mode for me it like raises the emotions of that scene also to the nth degree which i think was very important for this kind of rescue scene with Jesse because Jesse is basically an abused person who has been through a traumatic event and so for her to have this absolute trust of Woody in this moment of high tension I think is super important and to have Buzz be there for Woody at this moment of super high tension I think is important so I get kind of taking it out of reality in order to like heighten it in a fantastical way I think is really effective in what they're trying to do right okay sure um so okay uh we already talked about the lighting in that scene which is great very good um the lighting in the airplane uh, storage zone, also so good. very good. Um, Can we talk about how they have the toys drive a car? Because I think it's maybe the coolest decision I've ever <laughs> oh, made. Yeah. That's really fun. It's so good. You're like, hey, what if and the toys been... drove a car? It's really good. Yeah. Also, I just want to say that there's this moment where they show, like, because it's like a pizza delivery car. And mm-hmm. there's this moment where it's just like, they show, like, the dashboard and there's, like, kind of the, like, empty slot where like a larger radio would go if there was a larger yeah. radio and there's just like a whole bunch of like ones crammed in there yeah and that that was like so true to life for me because that is <laughs> i'm a pizza delivery guy right now and that is fucking exactly what my car looks like yeah. <laughs> and I, it's just like they really nailed the they just feel called me out of a pizza delivery car um how do you feel about uh bloopers in an animated movie i really like them i think they're fun (laughs) i mean it's just like it's just fun like when you're a little kid you think they're hilarious because you're six and you don't really know what funny is you just think of someone makes a funny sound or says a funny thing 
that's funny. Right. And yeah. then as as an adult, it's just like nice. I appreciate the extra amount of effort that it took for everybody <laughs> to make like the extra bloopers, and I think right. they're funny and they're cute and I like them. <laughs> Um, and I like Barbie at the end of the movie where she kind of like breaks character. I think that's right. great. Barbie's good. I love anything with Barbie in a Toy Story movie. I, I love Barbie. Um, so, okay. I feel like we have to address, though, that on this, the, the Disney Plus version, I don't know if they cut it out of like Blu-ray releases or anything, but they cut out that really questionable gag where yeah. the prospector is like sexually extorting two Barbie dolls. Yeah. Well, he's just, like, talking to him in his box, and then when the camera goes, he's like, oh, bye, ladies. Like, it's not, it's not no, the he worst says, thing on like, the planet. I it's think not good. He, no, there, I, I have to look it up. He says, it's, like, pretty explicit that he says, like, oh, I think I might have some roles in the next movie for you gals if oh, yeah. something, something. Um, it's, it's rough. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I me, support I their think, decision to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I mean, it's also a separate decision about whether you should keep things that are problematic in movies as, oh, you yeah. know, proof that they happened and, oh. you know, acknowledgement of them versus just <laughs> pretending they didn't. Uh, um, Peter Pan, just say it. <laughs> right. But, um, like, I don't know. I think, I don't think it's necessarily a super horrible joke in context. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not super cool for Toy Story, but, like, in a different context, I would have been fine with yeah. it. Because the whole the gag of the blooper reel... Yeah, I mean, the whole gag of the blooper reel is, like, these toys are acting like they're actors, and Mr. Potato Head says some things like, get my agent on the phone, you know? Yeah. And, like, the boom mic gets in the shot and stuff. And it's a pretty dark joke to be like, oh, and also, like, rampant sexism in the film industry, Uh haha. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, and I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a problematic joke. I just think it's age appropriate it's not age appropriate yeah (laughs) i don't know it's yeah it's it's it was just a bad decision (laughs) right (laughs) and i don't know especially now that we know the things we know about john lassiter i don't know there's a lot of different layers to this joke yeah (laughs) like did john Um, lassiter okay that joke right did he write that joke who's to say i don't know did somebody write that joke about John Lasseter? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I don't. <laughs> there are a lot of different versions of how that came to be that would color my my appreciation of that joke a lot of really different ways. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, Toy Story 2, your thoughts, Adeline? Really good movie. I love it. I love Jesse. I love the movie. Okay, cool. Good. <laughs> what we I said all of my thoughts right. earlier. I don't have okay. any left. By the way, I I said in the last episode or in yes. Toy Story One, I should say mm-hmm. that uh, I miss Lenny and I think Lenny should be in all the movies. Um, I stand by it. Lenny is still technically in this movie. Um, he's he has, there. He's used as an object. He's used as an object and has zero lines. Yeah. Um, I want a Toy Story short about Lenny because he's the best Toy Story character. Uh, dude, I think he Fight dies about it. in Toy Story 3. I don't think he's here anymore. He gets, <laughs> he's in goodwill, man. He doesn't die. He well, gets, like, donated or given away. No, he's been erased is what he's to been. A good, to a good home. A uh, good Adeline, you home. could say the same thing about Lil Bo Peep, but they brought her back. Yeah. 
They brought her. They could bring they Lil Bo Peep back. What if, what if Lenny's been just been chilling with Lil Bo Peep this whole time? Wouldn't that be great? They had a friendship. I want that short of Lil Bo Peep and Lenny being adventurers. I want to do. I want to do like a like a Spider-Man Far From Home thing where like it turns out that Lenny was actually in all of those movies. He's just always been kind of out of frame and not part of the action. Wait, <laughs> did can, they like, do that in Far From Home? Or no, they, I guess they're not. That's not quite the same thing. You still haven't seen Far From Home. I still haven't seen Far From Home. I need You're to. a crazy person. I, are you um, saying that he's always out of frame, like that one scene in the Cat in the Hat movie where the egg guy has been in every single scene of the film? I don't know that movie well enough to corroborate okay. that reference, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't remember the Cat in the Hat movie? It was actually pretty good, if I remember. <laughs> uh, okay, I, you probably remember wrong. Um, <laughs> No, I guess I guess that wasn't quite the same gag that was in Far From Home. In Far From Home, it was more like, "Oh, check out this extra from three movies ago. Oh, He's yeah. actually important now." That's it's not. Funny. It's not quite the same gag. Um, I'm trying to think of a good gag because it's, it's not something I just came up with. People have done it before, <laughs> where it's like, "Oh, this and this character was here the whole time, even though you didn't see them." Yeah. I want to digitally insert Lenny into Toy Story three and four. Is what I'm saying. You probably do it. You can do it. In, you can do it in a really shitty way if you wanted to. <laughs> All right. So I, I have a bit I want to start doing. Okay. Um, help me come up with a title for this. Um, okay. But um, if you've ever, if you've ever uh, looked at the trivia on IMDb. Oh God. Um, you will find that there are probably about four or five really fascinating entries at the top, and then down at the bottom it gets a little more interesting. Um. So I'm going to read you some choice IMDb trivia about Toy Story 2. Oh my god. Um, here's one. Uh, when Buzz escapes the Buzz Lightyear box and tries to fly out the door, by the crate of lots of Pixar balls, it says that something is 99 cents. This is actually a shadow to the year the movie came out, 1999. Are you fucking... <laughs> Oh my god. Next to the basket full of Pixar balls is actually the <laughs> reference that we wanted to point out to you. <laughs> Which is that the number 99, 99. showed up. Wow. <laughs> What's another one? Let's see. I looked at a few of them, but I didn't like copy and paste them. Next time I do this, I want to have them prepared ahead of time, but... Here's a good one. This is one of the two animated films of 1999 to feature Dave Foley. The other being South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Wow. Hey, one of the voice actors in this movie was also in another movie that same year. Crazy. Did you know? You didn't? (laughs) Wow, huh? Says a lot about you. (laughs) Yeah, I I never liked it. Here's a really good one. This is the first Pixar film to feature the famous Jurassic Park actor, Wayne Knight. Okay. <laughs> I think also the only, right? He's yeah, not like a mainstay. Yeah, he's not in any of the other ones. Did you know it is the only? <laughs> what? That'd be 
piece of trivia was literally, did you know Wayne Knight isn't in Toy Story or A Bug's Life? <laughs> or those two movies. <laughs> I don't like trivia because it's not like, hey, do you want to learn a cool thing? It's if you don't know this, you're a dumbass. <laughs> You didn't know that the 99 cents sign was actually a reference to the year that the movie came out? <laughs> I've had a really good one. <laughs> Did you know Wheezy got his name from his asthma? <laughs> he doesn't! <laughs> <laughs> Weezy got his name from his asthma? That's what we should have named you, Jackson. (laughs) Did you know this is the only Toy Story film to not have B in the 90s for Metascore? What? Did you know this is the only Toy Story film to not have B in the 90s for a Metascore? Did you know that? I I didn't know that, actually. (laughs) It's the only one to not have B in the 90s? <laughs> Metascore? Um you... <laughs> Okay, so um how do we want to wrap this up? This has been trivia time. Um yeah, trivia time's good. This has <laughs> been trivia time. time. Um I want to start doing this maybe every episode because I think it's very, very funny. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so um hey Adeline. How hey. about we wrap up the show by hearing a one star review of Toy Story 2? I sure would love it. Um, This review comes from Letterboxd user Logan J. Nicholson. They give the movie one star, and they say, This horse is stupid and smug. Woody should get a real horse, not this weedy moron. (laughs) This what? (laughs) (laughs) Weedy moron. Is he trying to call him like a twig? (laughs) Yeah, he's too skinny. (laughs) His horse is stupid and smug. Woody should get a real horse, not this weedy moron. Not this fucking horse. Uh, Hey, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Ally McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. There are no nerds allowed. What I love about all of these reviews is that that is the reason why the whole movie gets one star. (laughs) I didn't like the horse character. This movie is canceled. This is a (laughs) horse. The horse was too smug. Kids. <laughs> 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 <laughs>